0: What's so up? My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out with me. Today is my brother, Feds. What up, Kyle? Hey, man. We are here to talk about season four. Is this episode six already? Does that make sense?
1: I know it's episode 69 in total. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 69. An unpleasant talk. So we're picking up off of last week where uh, we we got the invite to this big uh, hero meeting. Uh, Deku goes back to school. He's got this uh, constant distraction on his mind uh, about how he let Eerie uh, go back to overhaul in that alley that day. And, you know, whatever kind of um, pain she's going through, he feels directly responsible for. Like he's failed as a hero and that he's off to a pretty terrible start as the number one or world's greatest hero, I should say, on his path to the world's greatest hero, on his path to being the world's greatest hero. Uh, And that is when he gets an invite to uh, finally come back to the Night Eye. What the fuck's it called? Agency? Agency. And he goes back and he realizes that um, not only has he been invited back to his work study, but Kirishima, Achako, and Froppy... Uh, they have all been invited to go back to theirs as well. None of them are rocking their hero gear, though. Nope, just in uniform. And as they all assemble to disembark off to this meeting, none of them talk about where they're going. And then they realize that they seem to continue to be taking all the same public transit yeah. to the same place. Did you see the fucking like Abbey Road thing? I did, yeah. <laughs> so it took somebody maybe a couple of hours to make a meme out of that um but yeah all those travel sequences that abby roadshot in there is pretty cool um I, I just think it's like i don't know how kids are in japan i don't know how private they are about their agenda on a day-to-day but if me and you were in high school and we were uh leaving from the same place i'd be like yeah i'm going over to blah 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 to do blah 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 and then i imagine you'd be like yeah i'm going over to this place to do this thing mm-hmm. and i'd be like oh that's weird that's the same place and the same thing these kids apparently don't talk about what they're their Itinerary for the day looks like, right? So they just all happen to, uh, they're just killing time, saying, Oh, I don't know where we're going. The same buses, trains, automobiles, planes. I can't even make all the
1: transportations.
0: Work. And uh, they walk up to the same building, like, Oh, I guess we are all going to the same place. Uh, so it's a big, uh, multi hero meeting at the Night Eye Agency. Um, we talked about it, you know, it was like. A Choco and Froppy's hero. Uh, the Dragoon uh, Ru- hero. Yeah, Ruki. Ryuki. Ruki. I can't say her name right. Uh, the Dragoon hero. Um, she mentions that, v- that they could be getting the invite to that soon. So we knew that she would be there at least, but like, we didn't know how many other heroes to expect outside of some limited shots in the previews. We knew it would be a pretty big ordeal. But... Big fucking ordeal, man. There's a lot more people there than I expected. Yeah, man. There was like 30 of them. Looked like a lot. So big, huge table. Um, some heroes we already know. We got to know Fat Gum last week. Gran Torinos there, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, Eraserhead working in a hero capacity, not in a homeroom teacher capacity. Is very cool to see. Uh, and his relationship kind of changes a little bit with the kids, I think. Uh, yeah, that,
1: with Deku more than anybody.
0: Yeah, but... Get to that later. It's cool. Uh, we get to meet Rocklock. Rocklock. So I looked up his quirk, and it says
1: he can immobilize anything, that, anything not living, locking it into a particular place. However, it can be overwhelmed by force and cannot apply to large areas.
0: I don't get it. I'd have to see it in action, I guess. Yeah. So he can, like, if if he was up in the mountains or something, he could, like, stop some fallen rocks of an avalanche mm-hmm. and then unlock, rock lock, unrock lock the lock, the rock.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. That's that's probably the best way to use it, I would think. Yeah,
0: you lock something in place and then unlock it to hurt somebody with it. Right. But what's he unlocking? These nuts. <laughs> Either way, he's a real impatient uh and i think he, he the purpose that he serves in this episode in my opinion is to be that like Gran Torino could have easily been that guy if he didn't have a pre-existing relationship with deku he mm-hmm. could have just been like the crotchety old man in the room but because we already know who the crotchety old man in the room is he serves the purpose here for that he's like what's up with all these stupid fucking kids these kids are asking too many stupid fucking questions he's got a point like what are all these kids doing here in this you know big thing about the the sci um you know this is a dangerous thing like what do we have these kids in here for obviously we come to learn it's because they all have their individual connections to the story at this point and night eye kind of gives everybody the play-by-play of what happens starting with mirio and deku and i love mirio and deku in this episode because it kind of builds off something that we talked about i guess either last week or the week before uh, but the idea that mirio is somebody who could very well be deserving of uh one for all and that's to no fault of deku like deku's not doing anything wrong they're right. both very much cut from the same cloth um and both have you know very pure intentions but there's one scene here when night eye recounts their connection to the case And to have night break it out as plainly as it does kind of helps illustrate maybe one of the biggest differences between the two. Yep. Deku's instinct is to naturally just try to save Erie and try to run away with her right then and there and try to get her out then and there.
1: Because he can't turn it off, man.
0: Can't turn it off. Muriel, on the other hand, he too can't turn it off and feels just as every bit as inclined to try to get her out of there. But he knows that it's not the safe call. He's the more experienced hero in that case you know both still high school students but um he's the person to make the call that no it'd be safer for us to pull away regroup blah 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 and the way night eye illustrates it is is really just as plain as that one of them wanted to act in that moment and knew that it even though it wasn't safe the other wanted to act in that moment knew it wasn't safe and pulled him back so um those types of um Minor differences. I mean, you could chalk it up to something like Deku just being inexperienced and a hothead, but I, I could make the argument that maybe that uh, in, maybe that's an indication that he is more, um, you know, naturally heroic or whatever, or maybe a better um, inheritor of all for a one for all than Mirio would be. Um, there is another line at the end of the episode, not to jump, you know, to the very end of the episode, but. Gran Torino asks Night Eye of his opinion on Deku and he likens him to All Might. And yep. and how uh you know the way that he puts it is uh the the madness deep within him. And it's like the mm. like what, what does he mean by madness? Just like his will it,
1: he <sighs> Jesus Christ. The reckless me... abandon. Not, yeah, not just the reckless abandon, but, like, he always needs to save somebody no matter what, like, and it needs to, like, happen right then and there because he's got more people to save.
0: Well, it gets him out of bed in the morning. So Deku, you know, in, in Night Eye's recollection of this event, like, Deku's internal thing is... Ugh, world's greatest hero, I'm such a joke. And at the same time he says that to himself, Muriel goes, ugh, save a million people. I couldn't even save one little girl. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's another way to highlight, uh, you know, right after having the, um, this is how they were different and acted differently in the situation, this is how they're still very much the same, you know, that moment happened right after that, which I thought it was worth mentioning, and i like that they're continuing to um, play through that. They're really going to, I really feel like they're going to try to make the audience question, is Deku the right person for this job when you've got this candidate who's a little bit further along in his development who's very much of the same virtues and you know of the same mindset that Deku is in a lot of ways with an already powerful quirk on the other end right like wouldn't it make more sense like I, I feel like Horikoshi is definitely going to try to get us to to question if Mirio should be the one to take over we'll see what happens there um yo what Centipede Peter yeah, what's up with that guy? Best voice or worst voice? Worst voice. Okay. I was... Uh, so, like, I feel like if they mixed it a little bit differently and they had the low part of Center Peter's voice be a little bit... Peter. <laughs> <laughs> uh I feel... <laughs> is that, like, a, a tiny dick joke? I think I it might know. be. I don't know. Um, a Peter. Uh, If the low part well, of I'm... his voice was more dominant over the high, pitchy caterpillar caterpillar
1: centipede mm-hmm. duh centipede? he's centipede
0: <laughs> jesus man <laughs> centipede um his voice is stupid but he's also a sidekick agent uh, at the night eye agency but i'm glad that we're on the same page stupid yeah stupid voice what do you think leave us a comment
1: on the comments yeah man tell us what you feel about this stupid fucking voice
0: yeah centipede yay nay Uh, Gran Torino also has a really cool moment I thought anyway it's not so much a Gran Torino moment but it's a moment between Gran Torino and Deku at this table after Night Eye gives the the rundown of what Mirio and Deku happened what happened between Mirio and Deku and overall um, Gran Torino looks at Deku and he's like I'm sorry this is going down like this kid like I didn't think it was going to happen like this and Kirishima he's like man Deku knows all the fucking cool people he knows all the big guns (laughs) Midori is really in it man uh, and that's what happens when you're connected to uh, all might, your all might successor. Not that anybody really knows that, except mm-hmm. you know a handful of people in the room. Two. That's
1: all we need, just two. You know what bummed me out about that whole thing though, with with them like being down on their, uh, like down in the down in the dumps. Who's that, uh, Mariobedecco? Yep. Yeah. Who? What's that? Muriel wasn't
0: smiling for like the first time ever. It's tough to not see him smile. Yeah. When you got Sun Eater coming at you being like, Hey, you know that, <laughs> right. thing that you're always pissing me off with, you know, the positivity and the smiling. Could you please go back to that? Yeah. Like, it's noticeable. He's uh he's hard on himself, just like Deku is. And it's another way to, to highlight how similar those two are. Um so we take that moment and then we get into the meat and potatoes of this motherfucking meeting. And by that, I mean, we get to learn a little bit more about the quirk suppressing bullet that we saw in Kirishima's episode last week. So this seems to be one of the bigger parts of uh, Shia Hisaikai. Shi
1: Hisaikai. Shi
0: Okay. So the bigger part of the Shia plan here is... Uh, not only the powerful quirk that overhaul has uh basically and they explain that a little bit more in detail basically the ability to break down and reconfigure or, or reconstruct matter any kind of matter and uh they realize that the cons- Fucking crazy first of all just the idea of it like i it's it's almost like um it's I don't want to say similar to uh Yairozu. I mean my Creates, yeah. So she doesn't break down. She doesn't and...
1: destruct it. It she... just comes from the the fats that she eats.
0: So I guess like, how does he just takes a pre existing matter and just reconstruct? So I feel like there's a lot that you could do with a quirk like that. Um, so not only you know, not only having a, a stupid, ridiculous, powerful quirk like that, but then you've got this bullet that. They explain how it works and how Kirishima was fortunate in not being affected by it because he got the hardening quirk. And they take the sample and they examine it, and it's got traces of uh, blood and human cells in it. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that's suppressing the quirks, we know that it comes out of a living we're assuming person they draw the comparison with how this bullet works with aizawa Eraserhead's uh quirk and how he nullifies things and they kind of explain his quirk a little bit and how it like shields the quirk genes within somebody's biological makeup and blocks the output this bullet is just like a straight up cancellation of the quirk albeit for a a limited amount of time which is you know rock lock was real happy to hear about um but no rock lock good old rock lock so knowing that there's human tissue human cells blood inside the bullet knowing how overhaul's quirk works it takes the boys about i don't know one and a half seconds to be like oh that's why that little girl has bandages all up and down her arms and legs yep this person is taking pieces of whatever her quirk must be taking actual pieces of her physical body reconstructing it into something that upon contact or whatever it is nullifies the quirk of whoever it hits. And that's why this girl is so important. So it hits like twice as hard at that point that they realized, you know, not only was this girl in trouble and that she needed to be saved and that was, she was in, you know, in some kind of abusive, uh, situation, but she's the thing that makes the whole plan go. Like mm-hmm. she's what they need. She's a catalyst, the catalyst. So, and it kind of spreads uh, a little bit more light, sheds a little bit more light on what overhaul meant when he talked to Shigaraki in the last episode, about starting to lay roots down all across the country, I'm like, what the what the fuck does that even mean like you're I assumed it meant something in the realm of you know you're gathering allies and and bringing people to your force. but like I didn't realize how he was doing it. no Dis- I know distributing these you know, they kind of hypothesize in the room together all the heroes um, about how he must be distributing these bullets as like almost like a promo deal. It's like, hey, you guys want to fight some heroes for real? Get some of these bullets. Oh, you like them? Yeah, they're pretty powerful. Well, you know how you get some more of them is align yourself with Overhaul and his gang. And that's how he's starting to take up ranks, I guess, amongst uh, all the villains in the country. So the plan is, Night Eye's whole plan is to have, I think it was 10 to 12 different areas on the, the island that they're on. All these high-density areas. All these heroes... Are gonna go and surveil these particular areas. Obviously, he um, tried to pick heroes that are familiar with the areas, and just try to get whatever we can in terms of information. They do have the resolution that they want to try to save this girl as quickly as possible, but with as much data as possible. Because you know, Ned is a nerd. Did you see his glasses and his suit? Yes, he's obviously a nerd. He needs all the data. Very big nerd. Data, data, data. He loves it, so we're not going to act without it. So I, it sounds like uh, according to the preview for next episode, they are going to be acting pretty quickly, and Deku will have his second shot to be able to go rescue the girl again. Um, but they also make mention in passing, sort of, of the HN, the Hero Network, and how it's essentially this online network where heroes can go and research uh, other heroes, other parts of the world what their quirks are, and essentially use it as a database to be like, oh, I'm dealing with this kind of villain or this kind of issue right now. If I had a hero that had this kind of quirk, it would be helpful to me. Go to the HN. So I feel like they're really, not only in this big team-up meeting episode we have today, the be- the mention of the HN, uh, the mentioning of, how did they put it, the team-ups between agencies, uh, the, everything, that, in all the ways that they really talk about Uh, how heroes partner it sounds like they're laying the groundwork to be able to do big team up stuff a lot more easily yeah and honestly that's the kind of stuff i'm here for i like seeing heroes fuck shit up together yeah me too it makes me feel powerful like i'm watching japanese avengers cartoons (laughs) japanese harry potter school
1: japanese harry potter school huh
0: Japanese Harry Potter X-Men School. (laughs)
1: Is that the alternative title?
0: Japanese Harry Potter X-Men School? Yep. That's the title of the episode. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? So Fat Gun, he's on the team as well because he's got all the – not only does – Red Riot and Sun Eater have direct knowledge of the incident. Um, but he also used to bust up drug dealers back in the day. I believe Kyle and I didn't look this up, I feel like I should have. I, I'm like 92% sure that Fat Gum is voiced by Kyle Hebert in the, in the sub, excuse me, in the dub. Um, in case you don't know who Kyle Hebert is, that's uh, adult Gohan in Dragon Ball Z, he's also the narrator in Dragon Ball Z. Um, I'm pretty sure this is his first voice in My Hero Academia, but I don't really... There's a lot of voice actors from My Hero Academia, obviously. Right. Much more difficult to keep up with uh, than you know most of the Dragon Ball ones. Um, I like that they uh, try to explain Night Eyes Quirk a lot more. Uh, foresight and how um, difficult it can be, how he can only use it one time and then he needs another 24 hours. He can only use it one time on one person every 24 hours. Then he's out of commission, and obviously um, you can tell that he's still very haunted. About that time he used Foresight on All Might and saw his best friend's uh, gruesome death at the hands of a villain because he continued to fight. Here's the thing, all right? This is what made my brain go a little bit. Remember last week we talked about the idea of um, steroids for your yeah. quirk yeah. and how I made the joke that just All Might... Can All Might use it Just to beef up For like an hour And fuck someone up Yep Quirk juice I believe we called it Quirk juice <laughs> uh, If we give All Might Some quirk juice Can he still whoop an ass On the, on the weekend
1: <laughs> I believe that's exactly What you said In that other one <laughs> Can he
0: still whoop an ass On the weekend Um, So Sir Night Eye's uh, Quirk If we're led to believe He saw We're led to believe That he saw All Might's death At the hand of a villain Right He's still alive. And we're not to believe that he's gonna fight anymore. He's retired. So the question remains, for me at least, and I don't know if I'm looking at this stupidly, because they kinda they kinda talk about it again. Aizawa brings it up in a second. Um Aizawa, does he see excuse me, um, Night Eye does he see a definitive future or is it something that can change? Does All Might have another fight in front of him? In which he dies because let's say he gets the quirk juice and whoops an ass on the weekend because he has to. Maybe all his friends are out of town or getting their ass whooped. <laughs> so, with Night Eye, he sees All Might's death in the future and he warns him of it and says, You're going to die a terrible, gruesome death at the hands of a ruthless villain. Are we still to expect that death to happen? Or is All Might already had that last fight with All for One? And that's changed the
1: f- his destiny with one punch.
0: Does it? Do, yeah, that's kind of my question. Yeah. Has all Might's def- destiny shifted from when Nighteye used his foresight on him back then? It must have, right? Or, or that I I believe that I that's mean the what,
1: timelines line up, right?
0: I think that the, they want to lead you to believe that all might has shifted his destiny at this point and that he's not going to have that death that night. I saw the gruesome death at the hands of a villain. I think, and that, and then when Izawa brings it up later, like, or, or rock lock fucking that guy brings it up later. Um, you know, look at me right now. Like, are you telling me I can't beat death? If I know Mm -hmm. about it, that's data. Can't we use it to our advantage? And night is kind of of the, um, at least it seems that he's of the opinion that you can't like, it's kind of fixed. Um, so I guess it just begs a question. Are we going to see a gruesome death All Might style after he juices up on some quirk juice? I think yes. I know it was a throwaway joke last week. Bear in mind, guys, we're not reading the manga. I kind of want to, but I won't because I know what it's like to know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Sad to know. I was talking about this the other day with somebody. It's sad to know that Dragon Ball, when it comes back, I'm going to know everything that happens before it happens on the TV because I've been reading the comic. Yep. It takes away the excitement. But the first 131 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, that's the one and only time in Dragon Ball's 35-year history that we had a new episode every week and I had no fucking idea what was going to happen. There was no comic preceding it. Those were some exciting times, y'all. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Don't know what you got. All right, I'm done. Sorry. Yeah, please stop. All right. Um. So, yeah, All Might, Gruesome Death, what You Say? I don't know,
1: man. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he changed his destiny with one punch.
0: Nope. He's going to die. He's going to shoot out some Quirk Juice. He's going to try to fight off a bad villain, and he's going to die Quirk Juice style. All right. Well, we'll see. Juiced up Quirk Juice
1: style. I don't think he can has it in him anymore. I, that was it.
0: That one, that one punch took all of his shit out. This is why I think he can do it, though. He's. It has done it at least a few times. He still I mean, he, pops up into his muscle form for a few seconds sometimes when he's like in the middle of a speech to Medoria. For a few seconds, put the juice in him that enhances his shit for thirty to sixty seconds. I don't know.
1: I mean, if I mean if it called for him to begin his muscle form, then yeah. But
0: plus. Ultra Yeah exactly Then gonna go plus ultra
1: Yeah I know But I still think he won't die
0: He will And I'm gonna be sad I'll probably cry Are you ready for me to cry? I've already cried Dude I cry like every episode anyway But dude the day (laughs) All Might dies Probably be worse than when Buffy died Yep (laughs) I cried for like four hours after Buffy died. Wow. Season five, though. Season five. She jumps off that tower, does the swan dive right into that mystical portal energy to seal it up from the hell dimension. And then you see her lifeless body on the ground. And everybody freaks out and loses their shit and cries and screams and bawls. And then I cried and screamed and bawled. <laughs> you were crying. Yeah. It was like 6th grade, man. It was a rough 6th grade. God, I watched a lot of Buffy in middle school. That explains what's so wrong with me. Well,
1: yep. Yep. I'll go with that, yeah.
0: Now I watch superhero Harry Potter X-Men school. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese superhero party. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese superhero (laughs) Harry Potter X-Men school. (laughs) Oh yeah When All Might dies I'll probably cry For at least a couple days Oh I'm definitely
1: Gonna be crying When he dies He's gonna eventually die But I don't think It's gonna be anytime soon
0: I'm calling it soon I don't know man When Goku died At the end of Dragon Ball GT You don't know what happens No And you're like Where'd he go Is he off with the dragon And everyone's like, yeah, he's just off with the dragon. And then Vegeta notices his torn up robe on the ground. And Pan picks it up. Vegeta looks at her. Says, hey, kid, you better hang on tight to that. And then he flies away. Because Vegeta knows that Goku's dead now for real. And Goku was like his only friend. Vegeta's sad. Cry for like three days. When Tony Stark died. At the end of Endgame, I cried for like three minutes. Because I had to move on to the next scene. There was so much to see. I know. But then when Happy Hogan and Morgan Stark have that cheeseburgers thing, I went cry just thinking about that, man. Cheeseburgers. Get you all the cheeseburgers you want. And I'm like, God damn it, Happy. Yo, y'all watching The Mandalorian? Shit's lit. Yep, lit as fuck. Star Wars Back at it again Back at it again (laughs) No John Favreau Seriously is a godsend For geeks Everywhere Think of all the things He's done for us Iron Man Which basically Launched the MCU Yep Now he's done The Mandalorian I'm not a fan of his Live action Disney stuff But I understand that A lot of people are See all that stuff swingers you ever watch swingers no swingers is one of the most underrated films of all time if you never watched swingers with a very early very young john favreau a very young vince vaughn do yourself a favor and fucking watch it it's one of the funniest movies of all time it's just john favreau is a kind of a loser and has like some lady problems they're like young probably like in their mid-twenties or something and uh Vince Vaughn's like his cool, like womanizing fucking cool, lucky guy, and they just go out gambling all the goddamn time. It doesn't sound like much of a movie. And it's not. It's more of a character study than anything. It's not much that happens in the movie outside of gambling and getting fucked up. But it's a pretty great movie. Watch it. John Favreau, we are so lucky to have you on our presence. Yes. That's what I'm thankful for. What are you thankful for?
1: What am I thankful
0: for? Yeah, man. This is turning into a fucking Thanksgiving episode. It's Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, 5 p.m. Hopefully this will be up on Wednesday morning, maybe maybe Thursday. Maybe this is Thanksgiving now. All right? You making cranberry sauce? Did you baste the turkey? Man. Is your gravy lumpy?
1: I hope not. That'd be terrible.
0: Sometimes lumpy gravy is okay. Mm, no. Depends on the consistency of your potatoes. Um, I'm just kidding. Not- I do not know anything about cooking food. Do not take <laughs> advice from me. I feel like I'm doing a Mitch Hedberg kind of thing right now. and you I are. cannot And I cannot stop. <laughs> you are. Okay. Cranberry's good. Next, what are you thankful for?
1: I am thankful for... Family.
0: Okay, we're going real answers now. Okay, yep.
1: Oh, we do. Oh, we weren't doing real answers.
0: I forgot what my answer was already. So,
1: John Favreau.
0: Oh yeah, that's a real answer. <laughs> All right, yeah, we are going real. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally real.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so yep, yeah, family. This is what a healthy answer sounds like. Audience, friends. You thankful for
1: the country of france no
0: franz
1: who's that my friends. you have a boyfriend named franz oh my god my friends
0: oh oh friends
1: friends
0: i thought you were c- thankful for the country of france and then a dude named franz well the band I franz mean, ferdinand's
1: no no but i mean france has crepes and crepes are good so
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> thankful for crepes. Thankful
1: for crepes.
0: Thankful yeah. for uh pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what do <laughs> you mean man? The fuck Just kidding. If I could make a pizza turkey out of turkey and pizza, I would for Pizza Turkey Day. You
1: know what I'm thankful for? Thanksgiving egg rolls. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thankful for. <sighs> yeah.
0: Yep, Common Pub, Bristol Rhode Island. Shout out, Thanksgiving egg rolls, the bomb. They are a treat. What else? Goku, thankful for Goku.
1: Thankful for All Might. Get him too. You gotta be thankful for All Might.
0: Yeah, I am. But you know who All Might was before he was All Might. No. He's Japanese Superman, aka Goku.
1: We already had this discussion a while ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Are we missing anything from the episode? Oh, how about like the conversation that Aizawa has with uh, Deku before?
0: Oh, yeah. So, one of the last pieces of the episode is Aizawa again in his cool, not Mr. Aizawa, call me eraserhead head way. Approaches the seven students from UA, sitting at a table outside the meeting. Mirio and Deku looking super sad. And he's like, hey, what's up, you little nerds? What do you look all upset about? And they're like, hey, Mr. Aizawa. He's like, don't don't call me that. Call me a racerhead, motherfucker. Call me a racerhead. You're skimping my style in front of the Dragoon Hero. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. I don't think him. anyone else was around. No, they weren't. But... He does have the exchange of Deku. And I kind of forgot about this whole thing anyway. But um, just the idea of like, hey, you still haven't fully regained my trust given everything that's happened over the last year or so. And sneaking out of your dorm and doing all this shit. And, you know, just Fighting
1: being. Fucking Bakugo. Yeah. Like,
0: just being the hard headed idiot who always got to follow your heart and all that stuff despite the rules because you feel like. You know, it's following. It's to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's following your 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 moral code or your your compass a little bit more. Um, you know, all those things being said, I can still respect the things that you've done. You still, I, I still can't trust you. So, what do you think it's going to take for Aizawa to get the trust back from Deku, or Deku to get trust back from Izawa? I should say. Uh, just
1: the way he's going to ha- have to end up acting in this particular situation now.
0: You think Deku's going to have to act more responsibly to earn yeah. the Aizawa's trust back? Yeah.
1: Instead of being reckless.
0: I was thinking more along the lines of, now that Aizawa is involved in this, that we could very easily find ourselves in a situation where Aizawa gets cornered by, you know, more than a few villains that he can handle at one time, and Deku gets his back.
1: That's true. Yeah. You know, literally, be cool, too.
0: Literally saves him and builds trust that way out on the battlefield, and maybe that helps Aizawa realize, like, you know... You really do want to save everyone, don't you? Well, not only that, I could see a situation happen and we're like, Aizawa's back against the wall. You know, let's say right. it's like six six on one. I mean, six on one v. Aizawa is probably not a big deal, but let's say like 50 on one and backs against the wall. He sees Deku out in the rafters, you know, ready to charge in to try to save him. Tells him not to do it. Deku can't turn away. He needs to jump in there and save him anyway. Swoops in, saves the day. Even though Azaw is screaming at him the whole time about it, gets him out of there, and maybe that's how he regained his trust. Like you know, you did something that I didn't expect you to do. I didn't think you should have done, but you did it. It worked out successfully for you. You know, maybe he learns how to trust him, and as like, not in like a teacher-student relationship, but like a more of like a peer-to-peer relationship. Right. And I think maybe. That hint at the beginning of the, you know, each time you don't call me Mr. Izao, call me I Racerhead could be kind of a hint toward them becoming more peers with him as opposed to, you know, if they're in school walls, obviously the, the relationship of student-teacher still stands. But right. out and about, he's not some 30-year-old, you know, fucking disciplinarian. He's a 30-year-old hero. I also thought that
1: maybe he didn't want anyone to know his actual name.
0: Nah, I feel like everybody knows. Okay. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody's name pretty much. That's why President Mike always says things about people's names and true quirks. True. like a database. Um I think that's it. I think we covered all the main hits for this week. Uh Gran Torino talking with Night Eye at the end about um the possibility of Night Eye and All Might making up. That'd be cool to see. Hopefully. And that's why Gran Torino pointed Deku in the direction of Night Eye in the first place. Could go badly could go badly but you know what else could go could go well what Uh, maybe they'll be friends again
1: (laughs) they'll be friends
0: I mean it could very easily lead to a situation where all might's back on the team working in that old man cap capacity helping although I guess Night Eye is kind of that old man cap role in this whole setup of this operation. Like he's the brains. Um, and they make the comparison a couple of times about how All Might is all about just jumping in there and fucking shit up and not always about the plan. Um, maybe that is kind of foreshadowing as to what will happen if those two um, you know, are back on good terms again and they're working on the same team. They could just have fundamental disagreements on how to go about things. Uh, in terms of execution of a plan, being more carefully thought out versus just getting out there and saving the day, um, kind of the same, um, kind of the same dichotomy of you know Deku and Mirio's response to Eerie and Overhaul in the alleyway. True. So, we'll see what happens next week. Um, the name of next week's episode is just Go, G O go go so we know that they'll have an opportunity to try to strike back at the high high gotta I'll get better at it Uh, we know that they're gonna have the opportunity to try to strike back at them next week and in the preview Deku's like this time Eerie I won't let anything bad happen to you I'm gonna save you for sure uh oh that's what we have to look forward to next week um that's gonna do it for super dope plus ultra this week Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, first of all, congratulations. Okay. I've done lots of podcast research this, research this week, not only for um, our show, but all the other shows that I produce for various businesses and people. And i uh, been reading a lot into like retention. And what I find is people find? that we do retain they're the real motherfuckers. <laughs> a lot of people start this show so much to the point that I might start with a disclaimer at the top. <laughs> I think I might. Maybe next week we'll start with the disclaimer. Or maybe it's a 2020 thing. But yeah, the show might start with a disclaimer. Just to let people know. Hey, about to get some fucking nonsense. A whole bunch of nonsense. Listen at your own discretion. Anyway, if you got into this part of the episode, you're a trooper, and we love you. And if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, think about it. I would be thankful for that. Maybe I read it on the air. And then I Make like, him thankful. Make me thankful. Make me read. Do it. <laughs> he doesn't do it very much. Reading is hard. Um, anything uh, Instagram at dbsuperdope. Twitter at dbsuperdope1. No Facebook, because fuck Facebook. And that's it, man. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. If you go out Black Friday shopping, don't be a fucking douchebag to the people around you. Hopefully you get some sweet deals. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, just don't punch anybody for a toaster, man. Don't stomp any old ladies or kids either. Like, I can't stress that enough. Don't stomp old people. It's not hard. Terrible. Don't park in a handicapped spot, especially if you aren't handicapped. Maybe you don't do that. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. All right. Let's fighting love, and that's uh. Let's yeah. fighting love. That's the end of Dragon Ball Supergirl. Super Superdome plus O. That's, right. that's what I said. No, you
1: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna raise my hand with a B sign. Fancy
0: me on my bullshit. Bam 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 bam.